Well, here we are. Only this time, I am not alone. I've got a guest and I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I am Deb Laflamme. I am your host with a giant mug of coffee. Excited to have this chat today with my coach, my friend, my mentor, the inspiration of everything that has gone really well for me in this calendar year, uh, Kate Northrup. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thanks for having me. So happy to be here. You know, I could do a formal intro. I thought about it. Like I thought about like, you know, do I really need to get into all the things uh, like on your speaker sheet? And I thought, you know, I think just people knowing what a soul, what an amazing soul you are. You are an entrepreneur. You are a best-selling author. You are a mother. You are a friend. You are a wife. Um, you're a great listener. Hmm. And, you know, if you want to do a little intro of yourself, feel free. You can have the, the mic right now and do that before we get into it. Uh, <laughs> so those are all the things that I am. Um, and I'm really committed to supporting ambitious women to light up the world without burning themselves out because the world needs us fully, fully lit up, mm. but not a lump of coals. <laughs> so um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I just, I'm so psyched to be here. Um, yeah. This is just such a joy. Yeah. That's so, and it's like coming from your mouth, it just sounds better. So I'm glad you said all those things. For those of you that don't know, my Bible, the Do Less book is right here with the sticky notes and, and highlights and all the things, Kate is the author of this book. So maybe you can now put two and two together. You're like, oh yes, that's who she is. And for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, I will link up to the book. So Kate, there's so many reasons why I wanna have this conversation. Um, the first is because of the change that your book and your approach to our, our bodies has had on my life this calendar year. And um, I'll be honest, I listened to your book before I read it because that's just how I consume. And it was a year ago, August, I was driving to New York City for a day trip to be in the studio audience for Mel Robbins' show, which sadly is, is no longer, but- um, Do you know that she is my one of my best friends, Sarah Jenks's cousin? Yes, I know that. Now. I know that's so random, but I just I, wanted no, to share. I know that now because I follow <laughs> because it was Sarah's birthday this week, and Mel was wishing her happy birthday, and it was Mel's birthday. Like it was, I but, know the Libra like, love. In 2019, I felt like I was a Mel Robbins crazy stalker fan, and she she you know I've listened to all of her books. And the clarity that I got about myself in my business was huge. And then on my way to New York City, I listened to Do Less. And I was like, uh, okay. And then in October, so one year ago, probably this week, I applied to be in your um, incubator program. Had no idea why I applied. So let's get into 2020 when I was accepted to be a member of the incubator. And, um, I'll be honest, I posted in the, in the Facebook group that I had no idea why I was there. Surrounded by beautiful, bold, brave, amazing women, I had no idea why I was there until we started talking about 
cyclical living. So I'm not going to try to define it, but if you could use your beautiful language and share with everyone what that means and why it's important. So what's really important to know is that men and other testosterone dominant people experience time in a 24 hour cycle. Women and other estrogen dominant people experience time in a 28-ish day cycle. Average is 25 to 35 days. The world, of course, has been organized around the testosterone dominant experience. Mm -hmm. And so for those of us who are not having that lived experience in our bodies, it may, and you may not resonate with this, it may feel as though We've been trying to uh, basically overcome our own rhythms our entire lives. And that's because the way, especially the work world is set up, we have been asked to do that. None of us have been taught to work Hmm. as though we have a body. In fact, we've all been taught to work as though we don't have a body and that our body is an impediment to our success. So cyclical living is actually the practice of aligning your your life so your everything from your to-do list to your exercise to your nutrition i don't talk much about the exercise and nutrition part but there's like a lot of people who do <laughs> i talk much more about the to-do list part and the project planning part but it's getting aligned with the rhythms and the cycles that are working inside your body already you've just never been taught how to take advantage of them and get aligned with the rhythms and cycles that are happening also all around you in nature and the cosmos, because these rhythms and cycles, both the menstrual cycle, the lunar cycle, the seasons, the creative cycle, pregnancy and birth, the life cycle, like there's a cycle for everything. And I mean, I just makes me want to just start singing the Lion King, <laughs> but I won't. And, when, and, and what, what my work is about and what Deb and I have been working on this year and also Mariska and Jack and, uh, and Karen in, in origin, so many of us women have been really practicing this new way of aligning our businesses and our lives with the flow of life. And when we do that, Deb will share her results, which are so amazing. Things get so much easier because as Lao Tzu said, nature never rushes, yet everything gets done. So that's what this is about. So here we are in 2020, where so many of us, the world, these the women that are here live with us, listening and watching, and everyone else who's going to be listening to the podcast, were basically told to slow down, to stop. Whether it was stop your business or shut down your business or close uh, schools closed or uh, revenue stopped because people lost jobs. We have lost loved ones. I lost my grandmother this year. Like there's been a lot that has happened to each of us. We all have our own story for 2020. And when I go back to my do less incubator journey, it was the pause that I never allowed myself to have. And I feel like this is something that so many women can relate to from wanting to be at the top wanting to be the best in class, wanting to beat out the boy, right? Or the other girl feeling competitive. And clearly I'm coming from a deep place of myself. I'm a middle child. I'm three of three girls, like bring on the therapy right now. But when I realized that the, the, the drive was to be my best self, 
only to burn my best self out by constantly going, I had no idea. I thought I was checking in with myself. I know I've shared this with you before. I thought I was having the walks and the talks inside my head and my heart, but I wasn't slowing down and pausing, nor was I giving myself space. So if you could just talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the feminine and masculine components of our energy so that we can recognize. For me, it was not paying attention to thinking that I was weak when I was being more energetic, more energetically feminine. Is that the right way to, you know, for me yeah. and, you know, even like my plaid flannel shirt that I love and the things that I feel are, are me are definitely more masculine and, you know, always been a tomboy, totally fine with that. But this year, I have embraced feminine energy to allow myself to breathe. And so I would love for you to share your thoughts on that and why it can uh, make such a huge impact on lives, on our own lives mm. and our family and our business. Yeah. So first of all, a quick lesson on the patriarchy is that, <laughs> is that the assumption of the patriarchy is male and masculine. So the norm and the celebrated and the good is male and masculine. I love male and masculine. I'm married to a wonderful man. I have a lot of masculine energy. I'm like all about it. And our culture has over-celebrated the masculine to the degree that the feminine, like you said, Deb, has been, um, has been put in the category of weakness and has been devalued. But what's so amazing is that um, the, the, the way I came to learn this is when I uh, was pregnant and gave birth to my first daughter, I was like, wait a second. I just did the most productive thing of my entire life, which is I made a human being and I didn't have to think about it, make a to-do list. It wasn't an intellectual exercise, but it is by far like the biggest thing. I will have ever done. So everything I've been taught about doing important work must be wrong because I didn't have to like make a plan, use my, you know, push through, like do anything in order for this to happen other than be. And in fact, the more a, a woman who is pregnant rests and is just being, of course, the healthier her baby is, right? And same thing with the whole breastfeeding thing and whatever. So we're not going to get into that today because it's not a birth call. However, it's a really good metaphor for the power of feminine energy and how much we can get done in stillness and how much we can get done with receptivity. And so we've just been culturally out of balance towards the masculine and we are super, super men, women, um, non-binary people, gender non-conforming, gender fluid, like everybody is missing out because of the denigration of the feminine. Mm. And we all need to bring it back. Mm. And so part of with cyclical energy, there's, you know, we all know the season, so it's an easy way to talk about it. We are super focused as a culture on spring and summer energy. And we have left off autumn and winter energy in our projects at work and, um, 
and just in general in terms of how we show up in the world. And so what's really important is to know that the autumn energy, the turning within and the winter energy, the resting and hibernating is critical to our productivity and to our results and to our life-changing work. Mm. And so the metaphor that you use for birth, you know, I immediately go to, uh, while I've had two children, I immediately went to the birth of a business, the birth of an idea, the birth of a group coaching or one-on-one coaching for all of you. Cause I know all of you are entrepreneurs, whether you are a solopreneur or an artist, I'm looking at all of you coaches, realtors, therapists, you name it, like stylists. I'm looking at all of you, gorgeous people, healers, you're all here. And you're here because you resonate with this piece of being on that hamster wheel, never slowing down and wanting there, wanting to find that better way. And I, I do want to say that you don't need to look anywhere else. It's right here. It's right here. And so when you think you need to scramble and build a landing page for a new funnel to get a new group in, I, I can please call me because I will be the first one to tell you that you can successfully fill a beautiful group coaching program, short-term, long-term, one-on-one by just having a beautiful conversation with the one person who needs it right now. So I'm not going to get out of the marketing mindset because this is a marketing podcast, but Kate, um, share a little bit about your relationship with marketing for your business, for your podcast, which I know has recently ended, for your book, um, whatever it is that you feel called to, to share about. But I know you love marketing, so I do want to talk. Do. About I love marketing so much. I love talking. I'll talk about marketing all day. Okay. Um, people always want to talk, want me to talk about like, um, you know, sort of more woo-woo energetic stuff. But at the end of the day, like I love a good funnel. Well, <laughs> I have to tell you, it, it is all aligned somehow, especially in my business. So we totally. make it there. It's all the same thing. So that's the key message here is that it's all the same thing. And just like there's a cycle in our bodies, there's cycles of life, there's cycles in the seasons, there's cycles in the moon, there are cycles in marketing, which we all know, except unfortunately, the marketing world is super focused on spring and summer energy. So it's all about the planning and the launching. And then you go back and plan and launch again. And then you plan and launch again. And then you think that like, that's what running a business is, planning and launching and planning and launching and planning and launching. And what happens is because that's just springtime energy and summertime energy, we end up over time because we're missing the whole second half. And I'll give specific examples in a minute. We end up burning out. We end up burning out our bodies. We end up burning out our creativity. Anybody been like, I can't, I just like, I can't, I not even, I don't care about my business anymore. Like, I'm so tired. I can't come up with any ideas. I'm uninspired. Why am I even doing this? This is so dumb. Right. And so you burn out your audience. You you burn burn out out your audience. Yeah. 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 And your ideas start to suck and you don't get conversions anymore. That is what, I mean, like that's what happens. And so the whole other piece, so there's the planning and the launchings, right? So there's like the pre-launch and then there's the launch. And then there's the two important pieces, which most marketers are not doing, which is the culmination 
of a launch. So it's making sure that you are delivering an extraordinary experience to your customers. It's making sure that you are doing a really powerful post-launch debrief with yourself and or your team if you have one so that you can integrate the lessons and and do it even more effectively and even more friction-free mm-hmm. the next time. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fertile void. There's the pause. There's the winter. And that's the time that's the most important by far because that's the rest and renewal, recharge, reflection time, when you will get your most important insights. And if you are always planning and launching and planning and launching, you are never pausing to get the information that you need to make your biggest impact. And so I did that for years. And then I got so like fried by it that from 2013 to 2016, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no creative ideas. I was just like, because I came out with my first book, Money, A Love Story in the fall of 2013. And in between that and the fall of 2016, everyone else who had books coming out around the same time, they all were like coming out with the next big thing. And they were doing, and I was just like, what is wrong with me? I should probably go work at a bank. Like I just, there's nothing wrong with working at a bank, but I didn't think that was my path. But I was just like, I I got nothing because I hadn't been embracing and I needed a much longer winter because I hadn't given myself a winter since I had started my business. Now, interestingly, this just came to me, so I'll mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been having shorter cycles, just like personally, like my cycle is like about 24, 25 days. And I mentioned it to a health professional the other day and my, my person, and they were like, I was like, is that like, should I do something about that? <laughs> and, and they said, Oh, when you, when women have shorter cycles, it's just that you're getting more downloads. So you need more access to your intuition. So you're having periods more often. And often when women go off the pill, they will have shorter cycles for a while to get caught up on all the intuitive downloads. They didn't get all the years that they were on the pill because Mm -hmm. the pill sort of, I mean, we could have a conversation about that, but that's not a marketing conversation, but it kind of like glosses over the whole cyclical thing. I know, but the the group here listening, watching live is like very much connecting with that message of the downloads and the listening. I do want to read a quote or a set one little part um in your in your do less book about the fertile void because it was that one moment for me who, you know, I was always moving forward um with the kids, with the life, with the family, with the business and doing a lot on my own and loving it. And here's the problem too. I love what I do. I love what I do so much that I jump out of bed to do my work as much as I love my coffee. And so for me, it was like, why stop? I love it so much. Why close the laptop? Why not work on the weekend? Because it didn't never felt like work. So I just want to share all of that with, with everyone here because even more so, I needed to take that break. So I want to just read. The fertile void is here to teach us that we are more than what we do that there is tremendous value in rest and that rest is even productive. That, that to me was the point where I was like, why am I only stopping when my back hurts? I mean, literally I've, I've had two episodes since um, 2017 that have literally stopped me in my tracks because I was in pain and couldn't walk and therefore had to lie on the couch and couldn't have my laptop in front of me. 
And there were times where I continued to do coaching calls and things from my couch because it was a call and not a video, but it literally took things to stop. Um, example, my father died in 2016. I stopped that year consuming and going inward, right? Like, so it always took something drastic, traumatic for me. And so I just wanted to share with everyone that, that piece about the, there is work in the rest. And I know Dareth here who actually just joined Origin um, on Wednesday and she, she coaches women. She's a health and fitness coach. Amazing. Um, super coach D we call her. And, um, I would think that she would agree that a lot of the work is in the rest in between sets after working out when you're rolling out, right. When you're breathing those things. And so I think that there is a lot of benefit of going inward and paying attention to what your rest looks like what your space looks like. And I will say that my word for 2020 is not COVID. It is not F you, whatever. It's not anything about politics. It is space. I have identified what space looks like, what it feels like, what it means to me. And I work barely 15 hours a week. And I love my work. So it, the hardest part is saying no to 16 hour or 17 hour or 18 hour. Um, and so we'll get into that in a minute, but will you do me a favor and tell me where you get your best ideas and inspiration either from or when, because I, mm. I love to, I love to hear how your ideas come to you or when they come to you. Cause typically it's That's not when you sit down question. No, it's not. Um, so always day one of my period, I, I have a journal and I have at least a couple of hours set aside that I don't have to do anything. Yeah. At least I, I try to do that. Um, yeah. I wish I were like clockwork knowing exactly the day it's going to come. I'm yeah. not. So it's a little hard to organize around that, ironically. <laughs> but um, really that first day of my period, the intuitive downloads are very are pretty profound. And then also I get my best ideas in conversation. So I am such an external processor. And so whether it's with um, somebody who's in one of, who's in my peer led mastermind that I'm part of, or with someone on my team or a girlfriend, or I'm just bouncing ideas back and forth from, it's always in collaboration and connection for the most part, yeah. um, except for those, those uh, kind of wintertime downloads that I get once a month. I love that. And I, I from what I love too, is um, how you share that. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about um, where, you know, the 20% to get the 80%, which is something that you've taught through origin, uh, you've taught in your mastermind and incubator as well. And it goes back to that pulling back so that you can get so much more. Um, and one of the things that you've said on a call before was about when you looked at your analytics, you looked at your metrics, which PS ladies, you should all be doing this. And I like to say you do it once a month, so you don't have to worry about it the rest of the month. But when you looked at your analytics and your metrics, you realized that your growth came from something very specific. I don't want to steal the punchline, but go ahead and share. I hope you, I hope it's the same thing that I'm. It is. It, it totally it. is. Yeah, I, I mean, because I always say, if you can't have this big, robust strategy, the good news is you don't need it because this is what you can do. So go ahead, share. No, well, it's so simple for all of us to figure this out. And I had been reading about the eighty twenty rule. I first learned about it from Tim Ferriss in the Four Hour Work Week, and I was like that sounds great. But I just like never did anything about it. I was like, oh, cool. You know, 80% of my results come from 20% of my actions. But no one had said like how to figure out 
exactly what that was. So it was a theory. And then I realized I needed to actually apply this and change the way I was working because what I was doing was not really, it was working, but I knew it could work better. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote down on the left-hand side of a piece of paper, the activities I do in my business. And I wrote down on the right-hand side of a piece of paper, my biggest business wins, whether they were like getting this one speaking gig or my book deal or, you know, my highest revenue launches or whatever. And then I wrote down and then I took a pen and drew a line from the result on the right to the activity or task that was the most directly related to that result on the right. And it took a little remembering like, oh, what happened there, that, and what was necessary to make that happen? And what I realized is for all the things on the left, there were only really two that were leading to the results on the right. And they were creating content. So writing um, creating, you know, a webinar or something like that. Right. So creating content and making connections. Mm -hmm. That was it. And what was so wild is I had spent my twenties living in New York city, um, being (laughs) very social, going to like every conference and thing you could possibly imagine feeling guilty about it because it was so joyful for me. And I thought, well, I'm not making money when I'm going to this dinner or this conference or whatever, right? It wasn't like a direct revenue. But then when I looked at all my biggest wins, Mm -hmm. they all came from those connections. And I wasn't making the connections to be strategic. I was making the connections because it brought me tremendous joy. And it turns out that that was building the complete foundation for my entire business that is still like, it's still blossoming from that. And so knowing, oh, creating content, making connections, like if I can't do anything else, which during the early months of COVID, I had no childcare like everybody else. Um, and I have a two and a half year old and a five year old. So no childcare is definitely like a very hands-on experience. <laughs> um, I just knew, okay, well in the four hours a day that I have when I'm swapping off with my husband, I've got four hours. I better be connecting. I better be creating content and yeah. anything else just can't happen. Right. So it made it so clear and so easy to just know. And I still, you know, every time I get out of balance, I come back to that. Well, what percentage of your day is being utilized on the 20%? What percentage of my week? And so you want to move towards 80% of your week is invested in the 20% of tasks. And then the 80% of the tasks that don't get you those results should fit into the 20% of the week. And, and for all of you watching, one of Kate's ways to connect was, is, and continues to be, to just pop into Instagram stories and show her morning routine or before she puts the girls to bed or after the girls are like, just recapping the day, sharing what she experienced. And so take that as an opportunity for a great way to connect, especially during a time where we can't always go and network in person. Totally. It's a gift. And if you use it and it's free, I mean, other than your energy, which if you just plan for it, just say like, I'm going to make a connection today via Instagram stories and also paying attention to if your dream client is not on Instagram, please don't spend a lot of energy over there. Totally. Your business, like my dream client is, and I think yours is too, Deb. So I know that, but like, I know my people are not focused on LinkedIn. I don't even know if I have a LinkedIn profile. 
We'll have to check after. Because <laughs> you should probably disable it if it is there. No. Who probably. Knows? Probably. There's someone, there's someone like, that wants you to speak at their event who's going to find you on, on LinkedIn. And that's great. But I do yeah. want to talk about, you had also shared a story about saying no to something. Right? Mm. Really big. Ah, Jack says you have a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jack. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's current. Does it stay like I'm in college? (laughs) Don't say I'm in college. I just graduated from college. Yeah, freshly out. Um, Yeah, so what's, okay, so here's here's what's so cool about the 80-20 rule. Yeah. You can dial it down, like you can really drill down with 80-20. So, okay, so you know, or I know that 20%, my 20% is creating content and making connections. Okay, but in each of those categories, there's a subcategory of like, Okay, but what 20% of my connections lead to 80% of my results? Mm-hmm. And what 20% of my content creation leads to 80% of my results? So it's not just any content creation because if I'm like spending four hours a day making, you know, Instagram story slides on Canva or something, mm-hmm. like that is not the highest and best use of my time. I don't even know how to do that, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and figuring it out is not the highest and best use of my time. So, what, I, what happened is I had gone too far the direction of saying yes to too many things. And I had a situation where I was looking in my calendar. This was last fall. I was looking in my calendar, trying to figure out a time that I could have a meeting with my husband. And I looked and it was like three weeks out <laughs> was the time that I had available. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. And so what I did and I, is I actually, and it was all podcast interviews that were the hangover from my book launch. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I don't feel joyful anymore doing this. I feel so trapped. And listen, I understand listening to this. Like, obviously this is a luxury problem. I am not trying to be like, oh my goodness, I have too many podcast interviews, but everybody's going to have a situation that is, that is comparable to this. This just happened to be the scenario. And I did, I went and I canceled them all and I felt bad about it. But I was like, if I sacrifice the next two months of my life for these other people, then I am going to be even more exhausted and cranky and resentful than I am right now. So I canceled them. I said no. And then literally within 24 hours, I got an email from a huge podcast that I had pitched back in April, wanting me to come on. And it was six months later. And that one hour of time easily touched like way more of an audience than I would have in two months of doing the other ones. Now, it doesn't mean that I say no to every podcast. Like that just was a specific scenario in which I had gone too far on one direction. But what I love is when we actually honor a boundary or we decommit from something in a, in a conscious taking responsibility way, you know, I wasn't just like, Oh, I can't remember. Right. Like we took responsibility for it and I apologized. Then the universe really does show up for you. Like when you honor yourself and your time, the universe honors you and your time with even more high leverage opportunities and, um, and grace, you know, grace and space. And I also trust that like the ones that need to come back around will come back around and there'll be a, there'll be a later time. 
So it's interesting because, um, you know, we talk a lot about, about the space and you've, we've touched a little bit about the sick, well, a lot in the beginning, the cyclical living. And I just want to share that coming full circle to what I posted in our coaching group in the beginning of the year when I said, I have no idea why I'm here. I now book appointments and work based on my cycle. That is why I was there to learn. That's why I'm here to learn that there are the four seasons in my cycle and there is one week of the month that I am so amped up and ready to talk. There is one week a month that um, I am creative and can just get so much done in less time. Do less, make more, right? And there's one week a month that I want to talk to anyone, right? And that's, that's, I always, and I use the dirty dishes in my sink as an example. I'm sure my mother will be proud. Um, but there's definitely one week a month that there could be dishes, sky high, dirty towels, things on whatever that doesn't bother me at all. And there's another week during the month that I'm like every little, there couldn't be, can't be a drop of water in that sink. Right. And honoring that. And guess how, Kate, guess how I figured all of this out. What did Deb use to <laughs> figure out that there are four weeks where she is very different and can be more productive during some and less productive during other and honoring that and not feeling bad about it, removing the pressure. What did Deb use to figure okay. this out? What did you use, Deb? Well, I just happened to have it right here. So <laughs> this is not a commercial, but I tell you, you guys, on April 18th, so almost six, six months, I've been using the daily energy tracker, which is, this is actually the supplement too. There it's, it's included in the do less planner. And I, like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, I thought I was checking in. I thought I was having that quiet time, but on April 18th, I started using this planner. I was tracking my cycle, the phase of my cycle, um, the phase of the moon, my energy in the morning, my energy at night and everything that happened in between for less in less than five minutes, how much I slept, how many steps I took, how my girls were, what I said to my girls, how they reacted when I said it in five minutes, right? And what I started to see were these patterns um, each month and um, how I felt about myself and how I felt about um, my business. And I was able to, by probably um, June, mid-June, I was able to look at my calendar and mark off my, based on my cycle, when I should be having group calls, when I should be having one-on-one -on -one calls with clients. And just so for those of you that are here, if you don't have a cycle, you can use the moon as well. And I've learned that. Um, and I, I want to tell you that if you haven't tried to track your energy, try it for one month, try it for, for 28 days, try it for your cycle. Um, and, and you will be overwhelmed with joy to find that the reason you behaved or created or ignored or was frustrated or was joyful was not nothing to blame for you but more about who you are deep inside of you and embrace every phase of that that's the the message here so is there anything you want to add to that i love the i mean like i i am literally like you know, the, the do less ambassador without you even asking me, I just feel it's ironic because it's my initials do less Deb Laflamme. And oh, like, yeah. I, I literally, I don't know. I'm a huge Hamilton fan fan. And, um, you know, every time they say talk less, smile more, I say do less, make more. And like, I feel like I should make myself a Hamilton t-shirt with that on there, but 
That's Anything awesome. you want to add about the importance of paying attention to the, the days, the weeks, the months, the cycles? Yeah. So I love what you said about um, releasing the pressure. And because what happens is we already have a culture that is telling women that we're doing it wrong. Yeah. And for, for centuries, that's been happening that like that, that women are wrong, female is bad. And I understand that it is 2020 and we have come a very long way. But I will tell you what, it doesn't take two seconds of paying attention to the media conversation around politicians and leadership to realize we have a long way to go. And so how about with our relationship with ourselves, we stop beating ourselves up for being how we are, and instead we celebrate and even take advantage of how we are because each of those four phases is actually incredibly productive just in a different way. So I know when I take a break and like journal and sort of space out in my office when I'm having my period, I save so much time deliberating over all the things that I could be deliberating over. Instead, I just like get the download on that day. It's super efficient and I solve problems really fast. Mm. Also, I know that I'm not like, because I'm checking in, I know that I'm not wasting months doing projects that I have no business doing because I actually got clear ahead of time. And then, like you said, that more springtime energy, like creativity, like, oh my gosh, let me plan and initiate all the things. And then, yes, I feel like talking and talking to everybody and connecting. I mean, when I send outreach during that ovulation week, my response rate is so much higher. I don't know why. It's magic. <laughs> and then that um, luteal week, that 10 to 14 days before you start your period, same energy as the waning moon, which we are having a waning moon energy right now at the time of this call, that wrapping things up energy and the put the blinders on, let me shut my office door and just like get stuff done, but let me not have appointments. It's amazing when you capitalize on this, you see how you get into a much sweeter momentum and all this friction is gone. And wow. so much of the friction is just self-created thinking we should be some other way than we are. But if we just use how we are, it's so much easier. And like Deb, you know, you end up making all this money working like a 15 hour week. It's just freaking amazing. I know. And then I start to sway. I just, I, when I start to feel light and like, I just, I notice, and of course I can see myself on camera, but I'm like, I almost just want to dance. Um, so good. So, so while I know this conversation could last for hours, um, I'm lucky that I get to talk to you for hours, but I want to be mindful of everyone's time. I did allow um, some of our um, women to submit some questions, Kate. And, right. um, but I do want to address Whitney in, in the comments. She asked, can you address post-menopause? Yeah. I was kicked in at a young age from cancer treatment, so I have no idea about my hormonal cycle anymore. And Whitney is an amazing artist. Um, spends most of her time on the Cape, mm. um, stunning, stunning paintings. And um, I'm excited that she's here. So thanks. That's for the so great, Whitney. Um, I love this question. So there's so many reasons why somebody might not be having a cycle. Um, and actually, ironically, the vast majority of the time that I've been uh, 
implementing and learning and developing the do less methodology, I've either been pregnant or nursing and not having a cycle either. Um, so what's so cool is that the moon has the four exact same phases as the menstrual, menstrual cycle, and it happens far more predictably than the menstrual cycle. So quite frankly, Whitney, I think it's an advantage <laughs> in certain ways. It's a little bit more subtle though. So you have to pay a little bit more attention because um, lunar energy really affects us. Um, there's really interesting data that we have more emergency room visits and more crimes committed during the full moon. For example, anyone who has small children, I know that my kids are whacked at the full moon. And so, and I know for me, it's hard to fall asleep around the full moon. So we really are affected, but you have to pay more attention and track. So get yourself a lunar tracking app. Um, we also have our cosmic weather report inside Origin, but there's so many great places to find, you know, lunar information. There's a great book called Moonology by Yasmin Boland that I highly recommend. Um, and, and track the moon. And just instead of saying, okay, I'm on day one of my cycle, like I'm bleeding, day one is the new moon. So day one is the new moon. And then day, you know, whatever, it goes to 29 and a half days as a lunar cycle. So for, yeah. you work it out. <laughs> I would love that because she, she, the, the ocean, the moon, Perfect. she's very in tune. So, okay. It's so great. And yeah. so you have that for you. And what I, what I would recommend is that you track your energetic ebbs and flows um, in concert with the moon and just see, is there any correlation? How do you feel at the new moon? How do you feel at the full moon? What happens if you pay more attention to that? And you'll notice your own energetic ebbs and flows with that. And some people, I will say, have their own cyclical experience that has nothing to do with their menstrual cycle or the moon, which is great. Rock on. Um, but you need to be tracking in order to even know that. And so a daily tracking practice is absolutely like the best access point for this. Okay. So she says, thank you. She pays attention to the moon as often, often because she, yeah, she does love it. So thank amazing. You. Like, no, you're halfway there, but you're halfway totally. there. All right. A couple more questions. Um, and anybody who's here who did not submit a question, please feel free to hop it in there. And if we have time, we will definitely um, get them answered. So Jen Norlin, who's not here, she asked, with starting my business to help women navigate in a male in many male dominated industries while working full time, what do you recommend to not burn out and be totally exhausted at the end of my day? Mm, cyclical tracking yeah. and cyclical awareness. And now that doesn't mean that you can just like not go to work when you have your period. I completely get that. I also don't get to just opt out. I mean, even though I have more control over my schedule, I have small children. Yeah. So like they're just there needing to be fed again. <laughs> So she loves her daughters, but, but I do. some of us are meant to do some work and some of us are meant to, you know, Oh my gosh. It was so work. funny. Like, it's like, Oh my gosh, you need to eat again. Ruby, my two-year-old says yesterday morning, Mike was trying to get her to go to the bathroom. She goes, I went yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Our, they're our own, another own business. Oh my God. It was so amazing. Anyway, <laughs> so on the days when you just have low energy, but you need to show up, you can change the way that you show up. So we can save ourselves so much stress and reduce burnout so dramatically by just being like, oh, I don't feel like being with anyone today, but I have meetings back to back. So how can I honor what I actually feel like, which is being in a room by myself, when that's not actually what my day is like. 
it's so amazing how creative you can get about taking care of yourself even when your day is not organized the way you would have organized it. So like, can you walk to your car slower? Can you make sure that somebody else is handling dinner? Can you just let the laundry go? Can you ask your mom to pick up your kid at school? Like what are the ways that I love, I talk about it as extra padding. There, There will probably be about 10 to 12 days a month where you need some extra padding. Please love on yourself by giving yourself the extra padding and you will find in a few cycles, you will feel far less burned out. And oftentimes women who start working in this way say like, um, my PMS is gone. And you know, I used to have crazy heavy periods and all these cramps. That's gone too, because your body has been asking you to pay attention. And so when you start paying attention, it doesn't have to give you symptoms anymore. Cause it's like, oh, okay, I've got you here. Right. And so I also am a mother of two girls. Um, my daughter is going to be, my older daughter is going to be 17, new driver in the house. And then my other is going to be 12, both in November. And, um, you know, while I, while I love to share what I've learned this year about my body and my cycle with every woman in my path, I feel like if I can give this knowledge to my daughters, what a gift that is. And I, I actually have never suffered from heavy periods or cramps. I've had surgeries on my ovaries many times with cysts um, throughout the years. And this year I actually paid attention to what that all meant for me when I was 19, when I was 25, you know, when I was trying to have a baby, like I've had a lot of stuff in that area happen and I never stopped and thought about it. And so now I'm able to take everything that I've learned in my own body, my health, my mind, and share that with my daughters. And so I feel like it's such a huge gift to them. So I want to thank you for that, Kate. Mm. No pun with the extra padding. (laughs) Like, hello, I was thinking about that as you were saying it. I didn't think about that as a word nerd. I should have, but that's funny. That's like, that could be the next t-shirt. That's really funny. Sometimes you need the extra padding. Okay. Sometimes you do. (laughs) It's so good. So good. And, and leaning into that, right? Like, so we're, I've got to go to work and I have my, I got to go play sports. You know, it's like, it's okay. Like, just let it be. Okay. Another question, actually, Dareth, who's here, coach D who joined origin um, this week. She's asked, she says, I keep butting up against the line between needing to invest in my business, such as team services, et cetera, and the lack of funds to do so. How do I know when it's time to take that leap Mm. and trust the process, even though it's a financial risk? Mm. I love this question. Okay, so Dareth, I'm going to definitely have you go watch the how-to lesson in Origin about upping your money game and also listen to the Maven Masterclass from Patrice Washington on that same topic of upping your money game. Right? It was just a recent Just recently. And then she also did the in-depth coaching with me that month. So we've got three lessons for you. They're from July. Um, However, I am, of course, going to answer the question. (laughs) But that's for your deeper deeper dive. Um, And remember, just make sure, you know, you can subscribe to the Origin podcast so you can just listen to those like right on your phone. Okay, great. Um, So what I want to say is this is where, this is like a moment where every entrepreneur finds themselves. And I will never forget 
sitting at my tiny little table in my studio apartment, which was like my bed was here and my desk was here and like my sink was here. And I will never forget being like, God, I need help, but I have no money. I was in credit card debt. I didn't have, you know, I was making like 30 grand a year. Um, nothing to write home about. And I, it wasn't, you know, whatever, but still. Um, And so what I did is I was like, okay, I can't hire help right this second, but I am sure as heck going to get clear on what this person is going to do once they get here. So every time I found myself doing a task that was not in the highest and best use of my time or that was frustrating or that was draining or that I just like knew I needed to outsource, I would put it on a list. So then I had the job description and then I was able to, I feel like that exercise, rather than bemoaning the fact that I did, couldn't afford to have help, I just was like, I am having help soon. And now I'm putting my energy and attention on attracting that person by having a beautiful, specific job description. So I'm that much closer. And then I really do think then like there was a moment where I just took the leap and I was like, well, I don't technically have the money, but I am going to trust that if I offload these tasks, I will then have, you know, 15 hours a week now that I can do the $100 hour tasks because all these $10 an hour tasks are sucking up all my time and energy. And, and there was a little bit of a, you know, we call it in bookkeeping or in accounting, a float. There was like a, like a month or two, you know, when it was a stretch and then, and then the revenue comes. And so, you know, would I say like, go hire a full-time operations director? No. But could you start with a five hour a week assistant? Yeah. And you'd be amazed by how much freedom just having somebody for five hours a week could, could get you. And you could probably find that for $15 an hour. So good. And great for everyone, just for no matter where you are in your business, the, the paying attention to what fills you up and where you can serve at your highest level and not have it suck your energy out of you. is so important. Start there. Yeah. Do the 2080, you know, what, what do you, what, because in addition to the fact of what brings Kate the revenue, it's what also feels good. Which is revenue generating. I mean, at the end of the day, if you feel good, you're so magnetic. People just want to come do your stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those intangibles that it's like, you can't teach that. You can't replicate it. It's not like a step-by-step strategy. But when you are vibrating in a place of joy and love of your work, people are just like, I'm going to come do your stuff. I don't know why. I'm just going to come be with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that, 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 that hashtag, your vibe attracts your tribe. There's yeah, a reason. Totally. There's a reason. You're, you become magnetic. Okay. So our last two questions actually are very similar. Angela Nauman, who's here. Wave, Angela. Yeah. Hi, Angela. Karen O'Leary, who's unfortunately not here. Um, they're, they both, their big questions are suggestions for doing less and balancing when you have a lot going on. Angela has two jobs. Karen is actually... Um, an author and in a doctorate program she's so a small business owner doctorate program has four kids Ooh. and they you know what what's a priority and how can they and the word balance i think is um overused tricky in, in my opinion. <laughs> um and so what would your advice be for angela and karen Okay. So, I mean, there's so many places we could go with this but i'm gonna really encourage you to like get out a big piece of paper 
And I have this craft paper that like I roll out on the floor that my girls like to do finger painting on, but I also like to do visioning on. And I would write out, who do you have in your life who you can lean on more? Like who are the helpers? And get out of the mindset and the belief that good moms do it all, good women do it all, like good wives just show up at the dinner party with the salad, right? Mm -hmm. Like just F that. Um, And instead look at, okay, who are my resources? What are my resources, both human resources and also like financial resources and also energetic resources? Like what do I have available to me? Softwares, you know, subscription services, whatever. And build yourself. I talk, I call this, um, a scaffolding inventory. So take a scaffolding inventory of like all the things that you have holding you up and all the things you have available that you have not built into your scaffolding yet. Because nine times out of 10, a woman who has too much on her plate has too much on her plate because she has been brainwashed to believe that she's more valuable if she does things by herself. Mm. And that is a lie that keeps women small. Yeah. So- we think about like some of the most powerful women in the world who are changing lives, Oprah. Oprah does not and probably did not for very long do many things by herself. And her impact is so multiplied because she was more than willing, I am sure, I don't know her personally, but more than willing to well, like- you know her better than most of us. We've been in the same room with her. I have, but I wouldn't say we're besties. <laughs> <laughs> but like the amount of, even in when I did, when I did see her, it was like the amount of support she had was remarkable. Mm. So I want you to be the queen in your own life and receive that. And then I would also say for each area, do that 80, 20. So say, okay, what's the 20% that gets me 80% of the results in my doctorate program? What's the 20% that gets me 80% of the results in my mothering You know, because I know for me, like making all the meals, making sure my house looks perfect, doing the laundry, making sure my kids' clothes match and like don't have holes in them and making sure their sneakers fit, all that stuff. That's not the 20% that gets me 80% of the results. The 20% that gets me 80% of the results is like lying on the grass with them after dinner Mm. or reading a book or looking them in the eye and actually being with them when I come home from work. And so- I am now in a position in my life where I outsource the meals, the laundry, the house cleaning. We're still working on getting sneakers that fit. <laughs> like it's all a journey. And so, because I want that 20%, I want to be with my kids. I don't want when I'm not working to also be needing to take care of all the other things because then I would literally never see them. So those are just examples and I understand I'm in a privileged place of doing that, having built a business for several years to, to be in that spot. Um, but do your scaffolding inventory, ask for more help, get enroll the people in your life for more support because there is no reason that the woman is the default for the pediatrician, for all the childcare, for organizing all the activities, for being the school point person, for buying all the birthday presents, for doing the laundry, for making sure dinner's on the table, for the grocery shopping, for the cleaning. Like, it's ridiculous. So oftentimes there's another person. And if there's not, um, there are so many creative ways to come up with collaborative solutions in community 
to get more support, even for free. Perfect segue, by the way, because at the time of this recording, the doors to your perfect community, <laughs> Origin, um, are open. And I'm a proud brand, I'll say brand ambassador, we'll just say. Um, I had no, again, had no idea why I was here, but um, Inside Origin is a community of talented, passionate people, mostly women, but people who um, are learning how to receive. I think that that would be like the biggest mm -hmm. takeaway that I have is that some of us, myself included, I am, I am a recovering worrier. I am a recovering overworker. I'm actually definitely in the, I'm the president and member of the underworking community right now. And I'm proud to say that that's me. But um, I want to say that being a part of a community like Kate's that um, supports women who are building and growing and thriving in business and family, who there, there's only so many of us that we have in our inner circle and being a part of this collective, it really is, it, it is called the Origin Collective, isn't it? It is. Um, it is as a safe space where you can be guided in these things and these questions that everybody seems to keep bringing up, you know, cyclical living, patriarchy, um, podcasting even, right? And so, while I don't want to take up everyone's time, I do want to share that being a part of a community can help you learn what I've learned this year will help you learn um, and having if you've never been a part of a community online where you get to learn and grow personally and professionally where body first really is a priority mm -hmm. I do want to invite you guys to check out origin um, which the doors are open now I'm excited that I actually got to have this conversation with Kate because her book her planner her energy tracker has changed my life and um I feel really strongly about sharing that message with all of you. So I do invite each of you, if you have questions about the do less methodology, if you have questions about slowing down to be the best version of you, I hope that you will reach out to me. I do also wanna add that I have my own bonuses that if you join Origin because of me, that the, I'm giving away you guys the do less book that Kate is going to be autographing. So signed copies. Plus I'm um, going to share with you that everyone who joins with me will get a Facebook business page audit. You'll get a 45 minute strategy session with me to identify your content pillars. You will get your own daily energy tracker because I want to work with people who are going to do this work for themselves. For their family and for their business. I feel really strongly about this. My kids are using it. Mm. My kids are using it. Okay. And three months inside my membership. So if wow. what Kate is offering you in the membership isn't enough, which PS it's more than enough when you need it, it is there for you. Please reach out to me because I would love to um, be a sister with you in this sisterhood and know that um, I can answer any questions you have about it because this is truly this will change your life. This will change your business. And um, it works if you work it, I say. So Kate, on behalf of myself, my daughters, every woman who will ever listen to a word that I will ever continue to say, that I will continue to say, thank you for spending this morning with us. Um,
Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I absolutely love connecting you to the people who help me market my biz better. I know there are tons of podcasts that you can listen to, so I'm pretty excited that you've chosen to listen to mine. Now, I want you to hop on over to the show notes, use all those links that we dropped over there for you that we mentioned in this episode, and I will see you next time. Now, go market your biz better.